So how do you feel about promises? I would imagine you would think they were pretty important. How do you feel about the keeping of promises? Have you ever broken a promise that you've given? You gave a promise to someone and then didn't fulfill it? Uh, maybe the, the greater question is, how do you feel when someone breaks a promise to you? That someone made some kind of a commitment and they didn't come through. Usually when that happens, we're disappointed that the thing that was promised doesn't happen. It doesn't get done or it doesn't get completed. But also, we're not just disappointed that the, the promise didn't happen. Aren't we a little disappointed in the person too? When someone makes a promise to you and then doesn't keep it, don't you feel like the person maybe let you down just a little bit? Why is that? I think it's because I've been thinking about promises this week and what they mean. And I think a promise is more than just a, a commitment to do something. I think when we make a promise, it's connected to our character. I think when we make a promise, it's connected to our integrity. It's about honesty. It's about loyalty and dependability and reliability and follow-through. That it's not just some words we put out there that are easily broken because they represent who we are. So when we make a promise, we're actually saying something about ourselves. We're saying something about our character. And when we break the promise, it affects our character and how we're viewed. So I think promises are important. And I've broken some over the course of my life, and I've kept some. But I think they're important because they represent who I am. When I put a promise out there, it's a piece of me. Maybe uh, you've heard this phrase. What do you think? Is this true? A promise is only as good as the one who gives it. What do you think God thinks of promises? Do you think promises are important to him? That it would matter to him that we keep our promises to each other or we keep our promises to him? Or maybe even a bigger question than that, is it important that God is a promise keeper? If this idea that promises are embedded in our character, that promises are connected to our character, that promises reflect our integrity and our commitment and our dependability and our honesty, if that's true, then keeping promises is really important for God. If you're God, you keep all your promises. Because if you break any of those promises, it means you don't have perfect integrity. You don't have perfect honesty. You're not perfectly reliable or dependable. But we know that God is. That he is 100% absolutely, totally honest. He's 100% absolutely, totally dependable. His integrity is flawless. And that God, makes God a perfect promise keeper. So what do you think about how God thinks about our promises? Do you think he would say it's really important? I want to show you a scripture verse that's actually a little scary. So I just want to warn you before I read it. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes, <clears throat> chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. And I have it up on the screen behind me so you can see it. Here's what it says about making a vow or making a promise. It says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. And here's the line that I think matters so much. It's better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. That's how God feels about our promises. God would say to you, it's better not to promise than to promise and not fulfill it. And it's because the promise is connected to our integrity. And God is way more concerned about our integrity and our character than he is about the things we promise we'll do. That's why he's saying, don't make the vow if you're not planning on fulfilling it. Don't make a vow if you're not going to follow through. Don't make it lightly and then forget about it. If you make a promise, this passage says, keep it. That's how God feels about it. And there's a strong word in there. It says, he has no pleasure in fools. 
fulfill your vow. In the Bible, the fool is described as the person who has no regard for God. The fool is the person who says God doesn't exist, God doesn't matter. The fool is the person who says, don't bother listening to God, there's no point in that. So God compares the the not keeping of a vow to being foolish. He's saying, don't be a fool. If you make a vow and you make it before me, keep it. Because if you don't, it's like you're saying you have no regard for me. You don't care about me and you don't care about integrity and how I view it. That's how God feels about vows. When I read that verse and I take it seriously, it's a little scary. Because honestly, in my life, I have made some light promises. I have made some light promises to God that in my heart of hearts, in my deepest secret place, if I were really honest, I had no intention of keeping. That I've had times in my life where I've just given God lip service, where I've said, I'll do this or that, with really no intention of doing it in the end. Or I've made vows that I really haven't stuck to keeping. I've made promises to God. And God says to me, if you're going to do that, just don't bother making the vow. It's not a good thing to make the vow and break it. And then in the New Testament, Jesus said something similar. He said in Matthew, it's it's recorded in Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. He said, again, you have heard it said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. He's referring back to the Old Testament verse I just read to you. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. What Jesus is saying here is uh, he's addressing what was a practice of the people at the time. The people would make a promise. And they weren't really good at keeping their promises. And the promises weren't really strong because the integrity of the people wasn't really strong in supporting it so instead they tried to find something more stable than themselves to pin the promise to so they would say i promise you and i swear on the temple because they thought the temple was stable and had integrity and honesty and reliability so if they swore on the temple that made the vow good or they say even i swear on the altar or i swear i'm going to do this i swear on the sacrifice that's on the altar and they kept trying to find bigger things to swear on i swear on the very hairs of my head Because they thought that having hair and not being bald showed more integrity and more honesty. They tried to find things to swear on. Like, I swear on my mother's grave, I'm going to do this thing. And what Jesus is saying is don't find things to pin your vow to for stability. Your vow, your promise finds its stability. It finds its strength in you, in your integrity. Your vow is as strong as you are. So pin your vow to your own character. Pin your promise to your own heart. And keep it. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, just say yes or no. Yes, I'm going to do this thing, and no, I'm not, or no, I'm not, and then stick to it. Keep your promise. That's what Jesus is saying. When it comes to God, promises definitely reflect his character, and God cannot lie. Here's a, a verse, uh, several verses from the book of Hebrews. It's a New Testament verse, and it talks about God's promises and his integrity. When God made his promise to Abraham, way back in the Old Testament days, God made a promise to Abraham about his future and about his offspring. He said, when God made made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. So after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear 
to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that, and this is the part I wanted you to see. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. That passage says that God is a promise keeper. God is a promise keeper because it is impossible for him to lie. If he lies, it puts a flaw in his character. And if God has a flaw in his character, then he's not God anymore. And God does not have flaws in his character. His character is perfect, so it's impossible for him to lie. And if it's impossible for him to lie when he makes a promise, he's got to keep it. He can't go back on it. He can't break it. Because his character is perfect and perfectly dependable. So that's actually all background. All that was meant for background so that we can look at our passage today in 2 Corinthians. A couple weeks ago, we started in the book of 2 Corinthians. It's the second letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. In the first letter, Paul wrote to them, and it was a reprimand. It was strict. It was direct. It was a little harsh because the church was a mess, and Paul had to write to them and say, you've got to fix these things, and he gave them a whole list of things they were messing up on. That was the first letter. And in that first letter, he said, and I'm going to come there, and I'm going to look you in the eyes and tell you you better fix these things. And then after he sent the letter off, he started thinking about it, and he thought, you know what might be better? It might be better to let them read the letter and try to fix some things first before I get there. Then instead of coming with the rod and have to discipline everybody, I could come uh, and, and celebrate with them that they've made things better. And that is actually what happened. In between the first letter to the Corinthians and the second letter to the Corinthians, they got some things right. They straightened a few things out. So that Paul could now come there and rejoice with them instead of reprimanding them again. But here's what happened, and this is what our passage today addresses. They started calling Paul a liar. They said, this guy doesn't keep his vows. He doesn't keep his promises. Look what he did. He wrote us this harsh letter because he's so brave in letters. But he won't come face to face and tell us to our face the things he's not happy about. He lied. He didn't keep his promise. He said he was going to come here and yell at us, and now he's not going to. That's what they were saying, as ridiculous as that sounds. They were mad because Paul wasn't going to come and yell at them. And, he said, and they said he was breaking his promise. So Paul defends himself in this passage, and then he defends God. He said, I'm a promise keeper, and God's a promise keeper. That's what we're going to read today. Because I was confident of this, I wanted to visit you first so that you might benefit twice. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and then to have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I, Judea, was I fickle? When I intended to do this, or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say both yes, yes, and no, no? This is his response to them because they told him he broke his promise. Am I fickle? Do I say yes, yes out of one side of my mouth and no, no out of the other? But surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Simply stated, Paul is saying there, I didn't break my promise because I follow God and he doesn't break his promises. He's a promise keeper. That's what I want to go home with. I want you to go home with today. That's my whole lesson for the day, is that God is a promise keeper. And if he makes a promise to you, he's going to keep it. He will not break it. I did an interesting uh, search this past week, just doing a little research, how many promises there are in the Bible. 
from the beginning of the Old Testament to the end of the New Testament. How many promises do you think? Somebody shout out a number. Someone say something, 100? 300? 1,000? You're getting closer. 2,000 is even closer. Yes, somewhere between four and 5,000. Isn't that amazing? There are that many promises in the Bible. And some of them were made to person, personal people, individuals. Like God made a promise to Abraham. Some of them were made to the nation of Israel. Some of them are made to us as his church today. And some of them are made to us as individual followers of Christ. Thousands of promises God made. And he's good on every one of them. So I thought maybe we could just quickly, for a minute or two, you shout out, I'll try to hear it. Do you know a promise that God made to you? today that's in the bible any promise at all that you can think of that's in the bible that's the promise of god to you can you think of one wait philip had his phil had his hand up over here so i got to go with him first that your sins though they be like scarlet will be as white as snow god promises that he will forgive you and cleanse you there's a there's a condition to it though there's another verse that says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. Our job is to confess it. And if we do, we can be absolutely 100% guaranteed that God will forgive it. He'll never refuse. He'll never deny us. He will always forgive us because he's a promise keeper. What was the other one over here? Someone, someone shouted one over here. He promises to love you. That he promises that he will be like a father to you. And, and we've had different you know, different experiences with fathers and mothers, and, and some of us who have been parents have parented differently from each other. But God is a perfect father and loves us perfectly. And he promises that if we come to him, he promises this. If we come to him, he will adopt us as his children. He will never send us away, not one time. That's a promise. And God can't break his promises. He's a promise keeper. So if you come to him, you're promised adoption into his family. That's a really good one. Both of those are really good. You think of any others? Ed, way in the back. You're going to have to be a little bit louder. He has a room reserved for us. Jesus said, it's in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, he said to his disciples and also to all of us, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be worried. They were upset because Jesus said he was going to go away. And they said, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when it's all done, when it's ready, I'm going to come back and get you and bring you to be with me. Those are promises. There are a couple of promises in that. Right, Ed? There's, there's a place for you. That's one promise. There's a promise to come back and get you. That's the second promise. And God can't break those. He can't change those. He will never change his mind. He will never go back on his promise. He put it out there and said, here's my promise to you. You'll have a place with me. And I'll come get you and bring you there when it's ready. Jane? Yeah. He promises to send us the Holy Spirit to teach us to be our advocate. When the Bible says, when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit in us just prays for us. That we are sealed in the Holy Spirit. That we are uh, marked for adoption by the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is given to us to have power in this life. To have the power of God in our lives. That's a promise. That's a promise that we often live without, right? How many times do we just try to live under our own strength? Do we try to live under our own power? When God promised, he would give us power. 
There's another one. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday. In, in the book of James, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. And the God who gives generously will give it. That's a promise. That's, like, that's not like, well, maybe I'll give you wisdom once in a while. If you're in a jam, if you're in a tough spot, and you don't know what to do, God promises to give you wisdom. And he's not going to just give you a little, you know, dole it out in little pieces. I'll give you a little wisdom and you a little wisdom. It says God who gives generously. If you ask him, will give you wisdom. No doubt, no refusals, no backing down, no changing the promise. So we have information, we have data, we have knowledge, we have skills, we have ability, but applying that in various situations takes wisdom sometimes. And, and when we face situations, we need that wisdom, God promises to give it, but there's an if, and there's so often an if. The if is we have to ask him. We have to say, God, you promised you made a promise to me that if I needed wisdom, you'd give it. And boy, I need it right now. So please give it. And the next verse says, and when you ask, believe that he's going to do it. Don't get tossed back and forth like the waves of the sea. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. God has integrity. And if he says he'll give it, he'll give it. These are really great answers. We got another one? Yeah. The Bible says that. He said... It says, no temptation has come upon you that hasn't already come upon someone else. There's nothing new. Every trial, every temptation that you face, someone has faced. That's the first part of that. And then it says, and God will always provide you a way out. He'll always provide rescue. Always. That's a promise. He will never abandon you. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Those are promises. Those aren't just nice sayings. You can bank on that. That he'll always provide a rescue. He'll always provide a way out. The problem is sometimes we miss it or we're not looking for it or we're not asking him to show us or we're trying to find our own way. That's always the if part. That if we look to him, he'll always provide rescue. Always, always, always without fail because he's a promise keeper. That was a great one. Go ahead, Grace. He never gives up. Can you believe that? Someone who never gives up. Do you know how many times in my life I've failed? course you do you've been involved in some of them (laughs) God never has given up on me and there have been times in my life when I would have given up on me I would have said that's it you failed for the last time I'm going to move on and try someone else God never gives up never he perseveres he stays with you he walks with you through your entire life it doesn't matter how many times you fall on your face and how many times it was your own fault he won't give up excellent any others? Way in the back, nice and loud because I'm deaf. Yes, and I heard that. He hears our prayers. He promises he will hear our prayer and listen to our cry. And he promises to answer. We think God doesn't answer sometimes because he's giving us the answer we don't want. Or the answer is later, not now. So we think God's not answering. But God has promised he will always hear. No prayer, no prayer gets stuck between here and heaven. Every prayer reaches his ears, and every prayer he hears, registers, logs in, and responds to. Every one. Sometimes we miss his response, but his promises, he will always respond. It's amazing. He has an amazing record of keeping promises. I've got a handout for you that has some promises. The ushers are going to start bringing that around. It has 10 of them. I couldn't write down all 4,000 promises and hand them out. So I picked 10 that I like. These are like 10 of my favorites. And I, I want you to have them. They're just, 
you know, I, I listed, uh, like, he'll forgive us as a promise. He adopts us as a promise. And then several scripture verses that say that. So I want you to take it home. And I want you to look at least one of those up. Read through the list of 10 and see which one you need to hear from the most. Which promise do you need the most today? I'd love it if you looked up all 10. But I'm being reasonable. You know it's Mother's Day and you have other obligations. You might only get to one. Just look up the verses that go with that and see what God promises to us. And he doesn't promise grudgingly. He doesn't promise miserly. He doesn't promise with strings attached. When he makes a promise, he keeps it. So we had some great answers. In fact, some of the answers that were given, you'll notice, are on the paper I'm giving out. So apparently, some of those promises are your favorites too. What I want us to go home with today is remembering that God is a promise keeper 100% of the time. 100% of the time. And if God makes you a promise, you can bank on the fact that he'll keep it. We might fail. We might break promises once in a while. But God never does. Let me say a prayer for us all. God, I want to thank you that your character is flawless. That you have such integrity and honesty. That you are so true and right. That you will never break a promise. And I want to thank you that you have freely given so many of them to us. Help us to believe. Help us to trust you. So many of us have had promises broken that it's hard to trust sometimes. But help us to trust you and to trust your character. Even with these 10 promises that are going around the room right now, even just one of those 10 promises, help us to hold on to it and to believe in you today. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Amen. Well, as I send you on your way, we've got a treat for you today. In honor of Mother's Day and all mothers, we have a gift for everyone. And it's sort of a surprise, but it has something to do with sparkling cider and chocolate waiting for you in the lobby. So um, head on out and uh, enjoy a treat. Have a great day.